Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Tonight we're coming to your presence. You know, there's a difference between wanting God to move and knowing that he will move. And tonight, I believe it's not a wanting him. It's a knowing that he is. It's a knowing right now in this place, in this atmosphere, in this moment, God will move. He will move on your behalf. He will set you free from that addiction. He will pull you out of that place that you have been in. He will lift up your eyes again and see. He will strengthen you. That's what's going to happen tonight. And uh, we're going to, I don't know if you you really heard, but we sang a brand new song tonight. And in just a second, we're going to, we're going to sing it. I want you to stay standing because we're actually going to, we're going to sing the the whole thing. And uh, you, you can put this down just for a minute so we can, we can worship, but. We're going to sing the whole thing again because I don't know if you, if you caught the whole, the whole thing, all the words behind it, all the lyrics behind it, all what, what was put into it, and we're going to do that. But just before uh, we do, I just wanted to uh, honor and, and prophesy over Pastor John and Becky, uh, which I don't think I've ever, ever done before, but I felt, I felt two kind of specific words. One of them was this for, for you guys. In Australia, we heard a message called the Centurion Factor. Basically, the whole gist of the message was that uh, asking God to do what nobody knew God could do. And I see right now for your guys' life together in the house of God, but also personally, I see you stepping into a time right now where you're going to start asking God to do what nobody thought God could do. You're going to see what nobody thought was possible become possible. What everybody said could not happen or wasn't even on their radar. In fact, you're going to do things that people never even came to their mind before. And you're going to step into that and operate in that thing. It's a new season that is coming on your life. And what's happening right now is incredible, but God is telling you to get ready because what's about to happen, people everywhere are going to say, I never would have imagined that that was possible. And that's the faith that is on YouTube. And I, and I saw this as well, specifically for Pastor Becky, was when a ship uh, in, in the south or in the north where it's really cold and freezing temperatures, if, if you watch any documentaries or, or videos about these ships, you'll see that they, they are driving through the water and then they get to a place where it seems that they cannot go any further because the ice that is there looks like land. What is there looks like it's impenetrable. What looks like there is nobody can progress any further. 
But the experienced captains, the experienced people know that, that that's just an obstacle. It's not impossible. And what I specifically saw for you, Pastor Becky, was you're going you're gonna to come up to that, but you're going to plow through where other people would have stopped. And what's underneath the ice is life. What's on, underneath what people said was impossible, you're going to find the possible, and you're going to find life. So God, right now, stretch your hands out to your campus pastors. God, we thank you that right now, this it, magnificent couple is stepping into the realm of the impossible. God, where things that they never would have thought of or imagined are going to be seen, are going to be held in their hands. God, they're going to be laughing at the goodness of God. God, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that they can ask, all that they can think, all that they can imagine is going to take place right now. Let an impartation from the Holy Spirit come upon them that the dead will be raised, Pastor John, that the blind will see, that the lame will walk, that the deaf will hear, that the lost will be found in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, we're going to sing this song. We're going to worship right now, and then I'm going to preach. But I believe God still wants to do some things. So come on, take it away. Give you my 
Thank you, Jesus. The live album recording is happening really soon. That should be a time where in the next seven days is completely sold out. Because worship shifts an atmosphere. It changes everything. When you worship, you change things. So let's buy somebody a ticket, bring somebody to that place. That's why Pastor John was able to, to pray for people, knew what God was trying to do and how God was trying to heal people is because the worship that was created changed the atmosphere from one of doubt to one of faith. And that's what happened. So thanks so much. Can you put your hands together for the worship team? Sensational. All right, give somebody a high five. Take your seat. Let's get this party started right now. We're going to pray for some people at the end, so I'm going to preach quick, fast, powerful. And uh, if you want to stay standing the whole time, you can. Um, I don't recommend it because you might get tired and then walk out of here when God does a miracle, so sit down for a little bit. But we're going we're gonna to go after this thing right now. This is our last Sunday of Thank God It Is Sunday series. And uh, I was telling Pastor John this, and I love this series pretty much because every message I preach is a Thank God It's Sunday message. It's like the best series to preach in ever because you can preach about anything and it falls within Thank God It's Sunday. Because everything we do is on a Sunday. And it's in church. So I, I love it. And I'm, I'm excited to preach. I got to preach most of this message at my city on Friday night, which, which was exceptional. Team is just doing a phenomenal job. They're, they're killing it. We can't wait for the next school year to start up. And uh, we're going to be uh, doing 80 high school assemblies in September, public high school assemblies. It's, it's going to be nuts. 
We're doing a few night rallies in high school stadiums. That is just gonna—it's gonna be unbelievable. And that's—that's thanks. Thank you to the incredible team who uh, gives their life to something greater than themselves. While everybody is partying on a Friday, they're giving purpose to young people, so that when the young people wake up, they don't wake up with regret. They wake up with a dream. And that's why we do what we do. So. With that said, I want you to open up your Bible to Acts chapter 3. You don't have to put it on the screen yet. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Let me tell you this story. When I was growing up, um, I grew up in, in a little town in Oregon, and sometimes it was hard to find normal things to do that were fun. So you just ended up hurting each other or shooting each other with BB guns and uh, seeing who had the biggest well, whoever had the biggest well lost until there was one person left. And that's just what we did for fun because that's, that's where you grew up. Pastor Becky understands she grew up in the same neck of woods. In fact, the best of us grew up in the Northwest. That's, that's just what I heard. That, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so, so we did that. So one day I was at my friend's house. And in, in Oregon, we have basements. I know we don't really know what that is here, but in Oregon, we have basements. It's a fun little place that's cool all the time, and you can do fun things and get away with it. So we had a basement. We had a basement in my friend's house, and uh, the, the stairs went up to the first floor, and it was maybe 10 feet from the top of the stairs to the bottom where, where people were sitting. And what they had built there was kind of a little TV area for the kids. And so there was some couches there and chairs, and they were watching a movie. So my friends were watching a movie, and I walked up the stairs, and when I walked up the stairs, I took a, a metal aluminum baseball bat with me. And uh, the, the purpose of it was to walk up the stairs because my friends were, were laying down watching the movie. And I was going to take the, the metal baseball bat and dangle it above their head. Exactly why? I don't know, because I'm a guy. Yeah. So, so my, the purpose was just to dangle it to scare them. To scare them. Because, listen, we're, we're, there's not a whole lot of things to do. We've been sitting in the basement forever. Nothing good happens when guys sit in a basement. So don't live in a basement. So, so I'm, I'm, holding, I'm holding the baseball bat, and I'm up there 10 feet above my buddy's head. And, and you know that the top of the, the baseball bat has that little ring around it, right, kind of where your, where your hand sits. Well, well, I was holding it like that, so I couldn't let go, but then I decided just to grab that top by two fingers like this. And so I had this here, and I'm dangling it over my friend's head, 10 feet below me. And we all know what's about to happen. We all know what's about to happen. So, so I'm holding this there, and, and sure enough, I slip, and the baseball bat flies down and, and topples head over tail, and he's laying down on his back watching the TV, and the little part that I was holding flips over and lands and nails him on the bridge of the nose. Perfectly. When he gets up, I look, and he has a massive dent in his nose, still there. <laughs> and and, and because, but because I'm a guy and because sometimes we, we don't think, I yell out to him, even though it was on accident, even though it was my fault completely, I yelled out to him, why didn't you catch it? <laughs> and at that point, he yells back to me because I wasn't expecting it. Because I wasn't expecting it. And I tell that story because tonight over the next few minutes I, I want to preach this message. And the title of it, if you're taking notes and you can turn to the person next to you and say this, say, what did you expect? What did you expect? So, so if I could preach something tonight to you and get something into our spirits, all of us, is expectation tonight. 
See, we can listen to the worst message. We can, we can have the worst lights, no lyrics on the screen. We can have maybe the worst day going on. But if we have expectation, the service that we walk into can change our life forever. Sometimes we put too much focus on what's happening around us instead of the expectation that's meant to happen within us. So tonight, over the next few minutes, I want to talk to us about expectation. And so maybe every Sunday we walk in here, we don't have to wait for a guest speaker for God to move. We don't have to wait for a special Sunday for God to show up. We don't, want to, we don't have to wait for Easter for the altar to be filled. But every Sunday from this day till we go up to heaven is a Sunday that blows every expectation out of the water. That, that we see salvation after salvation, miracle after miracle, the dead being raised, the blind sing, and all of that happens. If we could shift what we expect, if we can shift what we expect. And that's what we want to do. So I want, I want to read this story in Acts chapter 3 in verse 1. And I want to break it down for you. Some things that, that I believe God is speaking through this scripture. And in verse 1 it says this. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Incredible things happen when you go to church at the hour of prayer. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, which is money, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping, stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Then all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for what's about to happen. God, we, we raise up our level of expectation tonight. God, we thank you that what's about to happen here is going to be something that leaves an imprint in our lives forever. God, that we're going to shift some things tonight. That we're not going to have to wait for the pastor or the preacher or the leader to change the atmosphere and environment that we're in. But our, our expectation is going to shift it as we walk in here. We thank you from this Sunday to every Sunday at C3 San Diego will be one filled with the power and the presence and the life-transforming power of God. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. amen. So I want, I want to break this down because I believe that if you and I can have a, a spirit of expectation on the inside of us, that we can see miracles happen every single week. That we can see the power of God present every single time. That, that from the first song, we don't got to wait till the worship song kicks on. You know, praise songs, it's not what they put in the set list to get to the worship songs. You can actually have an encounter with God during a praise song while you're jumping up and down, while you're moving back and forth. You can have an encounter with God. But I believe it's, it's determined on our level of expectation and not anything else. And so we see this man here with, with expectation. It might have been misdirected for something else, but God will take a hold of any expectation you might have and turn it around and do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. God will grab a hold of your expectation even if it's misdirected, and he will grab that thing. He will find a door. He will kick his way in and show you what he wants to do in your life. So tonight, over the next few minutes, can we raise up our level of expectation? Because in a few moments, we're going to open this altar call. We're going to pray for some people, and we're going to believe that some people who walked in here one way are going to walk out of here free. Why don't we leave crutches here? Why don't we leave depression here? Why don't we leave anxiety here or fear here? 
or an addiction here. Why don't we leave it here? But we have to change. God, I want you to, to God, I know you will. Because an expectation is not a hoping for. It's not just a wanting for. An expectation, the definition of it is I know it will happen. When somebody is pregnant, you, you call them expecting. You're expecting a baby. You don't walk up to somebody who's pregnant with a baby in their belly and say, are you hoping there's a baby? Do you want there to be one? You would never say that. Why? Because there is a baby. We call it expecting because there is. We don't call it expecting because there might be. So our expectation cannot just be, God, I hope you move. It has to be, God, I know you will move tonight. God, I know you will show up tonight. I know you will heal me tonight. I know you will set me free tonight. I know you will transform my family tonight. I know you will bring me breakthrough tonight. I know you will. That's the expectation that you and I need to have. So this man here who's lame, and every day he gets carried. Now he's in a city with a lot of different things, but every day he gets carried to the house of God. Instead of any other place, instead of a business, instead of the marketplace, instead of where, where they bought and sold goods, every day he got to choose where he wanted to go, and every day he choose, chose the house of God. It doesn't say he knew God, it didn't say he knew scripture, didn't, know, didn't say that he knew any of that, but he knew there was something in his spirit that, that knew if I wanted to get what I needed, it's in the house of God. It's around people of God. It's around that presence, that spirit. I don't know what it is, but I need, I need money. For him, he needed money. For him, he needed finances. And all he knew was if you could just get me to the gate, if you could just get me to the entrance, if you could just get me to the temple, I know I can get what I need. He didn't know what was about to happen that day, but he just knew in his spirit that if they could just drag him there, he was going to get what he needed that day. He was going to get that provision. He was going to get that blessing. He was going to get what was going to help him survive the rest of his life. But God had different plans. So you and I have to understand the first thing to have a level of expectation in our life is we just got to get here. You just got to show up. The Bible says daily he was brought. Sunny, shiny, beach weather, bad weather, football game, baseball game. Hangover or not, he showed up. He showed up daily because he knew what he needed was there. In order for us to have a level of expectation, we have to show up when nobody else is showing up. I talked about it last time I was here. We have to have that consistency in our life. That when everybody else goes home, we come here. The Bible says that, that after Jesus ministered one day, that everybody went to his own house. And the Bible says this, which blew my mind. It says everybody went to his own house, but Jesus went up. The reason Jesus transformed the world is because when everybody else went home to bed, Jesus went up to pray. He kept showing up. He kept walking in. He kept doing what nobody else was doing. He had a level of expect expectation on the inside of him. So we see this in this man's life. Like I said, he didn't say that he knew who God was, that he knew the scriptures, that he knew that he was going to get physical healing. He just knew that there was something in his spirit that was drawing him to the house of God. So maybe you got to start small. We'll start small by just showing up. Man, I know it's here. I know it's here. I know one day I'm going to get my miracle. And if I just keep showing up, one day God is going to meet me where I show up and he's going to pull me out of the mess that I'm in. And that's where we're at. The Bible says that he was expecting something. He was expecting something. He was expecting a financial miracle. 
But God went into the door of his financial miracle and gave him a physical, life-transforming miracle. All because he was expecting something. Because that's the same spirit. The expectation spirit. God says, all I need you to do is expect something. So what are you expecting tonight? What are you looking for tonight? What do you want tonight? Why are you here? What, what, what's the reason that you're here? You walked in here maybe, maybe just trying to get some peace. Maybe not even knowing why you're here, but you have an expectation that if I can just get here, that God is going to do something in my life. And you're going to see when we end this service that God is going to show up in a big way in your life and do something phenomenal. So, so we, see that, we see this happen in his world where he shows up to the temple every single day. But I want to know why. Well, why did he expect something? Why? Why did he have an expectation at the temple that he was going to get what he needed? And th this is what I, what I figured out. The reason that he had an expectation at the temple to get what he wanted was because he knew the people who were going into the temple. He knew who was going to go in there on a daily basis. He knew the people, the spirit of the people that were walking in here. He knew who was going there, so he knew he was going to get what he wanted. What am I trying to say by that? Well, let, let me explain it this way. I love, I love watching football. I don't play it. I'm too big to play football, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't engage in, in that sport, although I, I wanted to growing up, but in Oregon, football and soccer was at the same time, and I was a soccer player. So I love watching football. One of the greatest things to me in football is this, is that moment where, where they're all on the line, they take off, and you watch the receiver sprint down the sideline as fast as he can with the opponent behind him, as fast as he can. And all he's doing is looking down the field, not back. He's looking down the field, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, without him looking, without him turning, without him slowing down, the ball comes flying over his head, and without him turning or flinching once, it lands perfectly in his hands. It's this moment that you don't see that often, but when it happens, it's magical. The reason it happens is not because that receiver was crossing his fingers and hoping that somewhere out of nowhere, a ball would come. That wasn't it. The reason he knew it was coming, he had an expectation that the ball was going to fly over his head and into his hands. Why? Because he knew the quarterback. Because he knew his, his teammate. The reason you and I can have an expectation tonight for God to do something is because you and I know our God. So what does that mean? The songs can change. The lights can change, the day can change, what's happening around us can change, but we can still come with a level of expectation in our hearts because although everything may change around us, the God that I serve never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't shift, he doesn't waver. He wants to raise the dead today. That's how we can have a level of expectation because he knew the people that were coming in. If we want to have that level of expectation, we have to know the God that we serve. When you know him, everything changes. When you meet him, everything changes. When you step into his presence, there's a knowing, not a wanting, not just a hoping, not a maybe. It's a knowing that God will move, that God will heal tonight, that God will raise the dead. That God will help us to buy bigger buildings and new buildings and new territory in East County and all over the city of San Diego and all over the world and do what is impossible. I know it because I know my God. I know it. I know that your marriage can be restored. Why? Because I know my God. I don't have to know you. 
I don't have to know what you're walking through because I know what my God walked through. I don't have to know that what the doctors told you, all the negative things, all the bad things, all the bad reports that they wrote about your life. You don't have to show us that. You don't have to bring that. I don't need to know that because I know the God, that by his stripes you are healed. That's all we need to know. That's the expectation. That's how we can walk in every single week and say, God, I am ready for you to move. I know you're going to. I know you're going to because you don't change. You don't move, you don't waver, you don't shift. You're the same today. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in me. But, but here's, here's the thing that, that blew my mind with this man. What blew my mind was this, is that he, every day he got brought to the house of God. Every day he would see someone of the same people but only ever asked for money. I bet a lot of us are in that place or have been in that place. Well, we can be in the very presence of God and all we ask for is that our immediate needs get met. All we ask for is the basics. All we put our hand out for is for dinner that night. And God is asking us, can you believe for something more? So I want to know why. why. Why was he doing that? Why? What was happening on the inside of his mind that he could not believe God for more? And this is what I believe God wanted to say and what he spoke to me. And I think there's a lot of different things, but these are three things that I believe the reason that he didn't ask for more. First one was this. He didn't ask for God to heal him because he didn't think he was worth it. The reason that you and I won't have expectation when we walk in here is because we don't think we're worth it. You don't think that you deserve the miracle. You don't think you deserve the breakthrough. You don't think you deserve to have your marriage reconnected because you made a mistake. You don't think you deserve to have that addiction taken off of you because you did that to yourself. And we don't think that we deserve it. We don't think that we are worth it. Let me tell you this story. There's a, there's a place in Australia called The Gap. The Gap is a place where pretty much the most amount of suicides in the nation of Australia happen in this place called The Gap. It's a horrible place to live except for one man who lives there. They, 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 they're telling him that he has the worst real estate in the nation of Australia. But every day this old man would wake up, he would grab his binoculars and he would go outside of his house and he would take his binoculars and look towards The Gap. The edge of the cliff where everybody would jump to kill themselves. Every day, every day without fail, he would show up and look to see and wait for people. The story says that when he would see somebody approach the edge, he would drop his binoculars as fast as they could and he would run towards them to pull them back off the ledge. Sometimes he just had to talk them off. Sometimes he physically had to wrestle them off the ledge that they were on. He saved 160 lives. If he was here, if he was here, just like Jesus would do tonight and is doing for you right now, he would tell you this, that you're worth it. You're worth it on your worst day. You're worth it in the middle of your bad decision. 
You're worth it when you're high. You're worth it when you're drunk. You're worth it when you're messed up. You're worth it. You are worth it. You can expect God to move because you are worth it. Don't take Jesus off the cross. He got there for you. He died for you. It wasn't for some, it wasn't for the few, it wasn't for the elite or the perfect. It was for all. Because all had sin and all are worth it. If you were the only one, he would still look you in the eyes and tell you you're worth it. Second thing. Second thing I believe that the reason he didn't have a level of expectation was this. What one, he didn't think he was worth it. Two, he thought it was impossible. So many of us. I'll come. I'll come in my dysfunction. I'll come in my brokenness and my hurt. But I'll never believe that I could ever have what I dreamt about when I was little. I'll never believe it because that's impossible. And I believe this man never asked, only asked for money, only asked for immediate need because he always thought, I was born this way so I can never live a different way. And that's where he was at. But we know the, the story maybe 65 years ago, a lot of you would know this. 65 years ago, the time to run the, the mile was just over four minutes. Every doctor, every scientist, every professional said this, it is physically impossible to run a mile under four minutes, physically. It's physically impossible, it's scientifically impossible, it's medically impossible to run under a four minute mile. And then this man called Roger Bannister shows up on the scene. And he believes, you know what, I know you say it's impossible, but I'm gonna try to attempt and do what is impossible. So he trains, he trains for it, he trains for it, he trains for it. And this is his words, his words was this, the only way I can break it, the only way I can do it right now, and what everybody was saying, sorry, he, his, not his words, but the scientist's words, the medicals, the, the professional said this, the only way for him to maybe get a chance close enough to do it is if the conditions are perfect. If he's on the perfect hard clay track, if there's 10,000 people in the, in the auditorium so that it generates atmosphere, if there's no wind, if the conditions are perfect, he can do it. So he goes to break the record. Somebody was about to do it a couple weeks from then, so he knew this is the time. If I want to do the impossible, now is the time. He shows up hoping for the perfect. He gets there, and the track that's meant to be hard and clay is wet and muddy. There's meant to be 10,000 people, there's 3,000. There's meant to be no wind, there's a wind, a headwind pushing against him. So on the day when it's not just impossible to do it on perfect conditions, it's absolutely impossible to do it in those conditions. He shows up, and by the time he finishes his last lap, everybody pauses and waits for the announcer. Naming Roger Bannister the winner of the mile run. And it goes on, and we've all heard this at the Olympics, and a new world record. Three minutes, 59 seconds. Roger Bannister just did the impossible in the worst conditions imaginable. Because something shifted in his mind. He had an expectation, if you get me there, I'm going to do it. If you can just get me here, I'm going to do it. Helen Keller, you know, she, she had a disease in her stomach. She had a disease in her stomach caused her to go blind and deaf. I can't even imagine that. She was the first person who was blind and deaf to ever get a bachelor's degree. It's hard enough for some of us to just to do that normally. She was the first person to get it. 
Now, now check, check this out. I love, I love this because this is what she said. She says, although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of the overcoming of it. The impossible. The impossible. Edmund Hillary was the first man to climb Mount Everest, the tallest point in the entire world. And he did it from one of the smallest nations in the world because he believed he could. Because he believed he could. He didn't get his uh, he, he didn't ever got his miracle before this day with Peter and John because he never had that. He never thought that he was worth it. He never thought that God could do the impossible. And, and, and the final one is this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this, and then we're going we're gonna to pray for some people. The end one is, I believe the reason that maybe he didn't get his miracle before that day is because the place that was meant to be filled with the power of God turned into a place of religious routine. The place that was meant to be filled with the presence and the life-transforming power of God turned into a place of religious routine. Just a place that they go to. Just a place that they attend. What church do you attend? What church do you attend? What place do you attend? No, we don't just attend a place. We don't just go to C3 San Diego. That is not it. That, that is the beginning of it. I don't just go there. The church is meant to be and always is. And I know I'm talking to the choir tonight because that's what our church is. Don't get me wrong. We are a place that's not about the religious routine. We're about the supernatural power of God. We believe that if you show up lame from birth, you're going to walk out of here completely well. You're going to walk out of here better. You're going to walk out of here without the crutches. You're going to walk out of here without the wheelchair. You're going to walk out of here without that disease, without that addiction, without that fear, without that anxiety. You're going to walk out of here you're different than when you walked in because this is not a place of religious routine. It's a place of the power and the presence of an almighty God. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. What's happened to this man named Brian, this last story, this man named Brian, he, he, he was raised in this house and, and it was in a custody battle for his life. He ended up getting around his brothers who were in a gang. At 12 years old, he, he was a part, officially a part of this gang. At 12 years old, he saw both his brothers killed. One of them shot in the head in front of him, killed. Both of them done. He continued in the gang. One thing led to another, and he, he told his friend to shoot a rival gang member in L.A. When he did, that guy died. He got sentenced to second-degree murder for life in prison. His dad was a Christian. As he goes to prison, his dad said this. He says, well, son, the only hope you have now is giving your life to Jesus. At 17 years old, this, this guy named Brian, who thought he had no hope in the world, nothing to live for, hears his words from his dad and then gets locked up in his cell. He tells a story of how, how close it is, and he feels so claustrophobic. He said it was the lowest point of his life. One day as he's there and at the edge of the cell, a guy is walking by, and, and, and the guy comes to talk to him at the edge of the cell, another inmate. And so Brian steps up to the edge of the cell, and this man grabs him and pulls him in. And Brian says, starts praying the most powerful, anointed prayer he has ever heard in his life. Brian tells the story, he says, at that moment, I could not contain the tears. He said, they started to weep, and at that moment, I fell on my knees and gave my life to Jesus. From that moment, everything changed. He was sentenced to a life in prison. He ended up getting married in the prison, and one thing led to the next, and through a series of miracles after miracles, he ends up getting parole out of the prison that he is in. He goes on staff at a church in L.A. and is now pastoring two locations just north of here. Let me, let me tell you why, why? 
because somebody could grab him. Somebody grabbed him, said, you might not be able to believe, but I can believe. Silver and gold, I don't got. I don't got what you think you want, but I got what I know you need. I got that, and I'm gonna grab you and pull you in. I'm gonna pull you in, you might not be able to expect it, you might not be able to believe it, but I will believe it for you. And I know that tonight, you're gonna get your miracle. I don't know what you're believing for, from the back to the front, from the left to the right. I don't know why you came, I don't know if somebody just drug you here to watch you get baptized, but I know tonight, God is here, the presence of God is here, the resurrection power of God is present in this place, and all he wants to do is set you free. Get up from that place. Get up from that position. Get up from that place of not expecting and start living a life where it says, God, I believe that nothing is still impossible with you. God, I believe. God, I believe. Every Sunday, every Sunday, we always tell you stories about what happened in the Bible about the stories that everybody stand, of the stories that people did in the Bible. But what about the stories that happened that aren't? What about the man that showed up and instead of saying, God, help my unbelief, said, God, I can't believe. Instead of the man saying that, I believe you can raise my daughter from the dead, says, God, I don't, I don't know if you can do that. We don't talk about them, we don't read about them because they're not in here. We read the stories of expectation. So I had this question and God asked me this. He says, if the New Testament was written today, in my time, would my faith be in it? Would my expectation be in it? Would my hope be in it? Would a story of us be in it? Saying that in a place where people said was impossible to have a spirit-filled church, would our story be written in the Bible if it was written today? Speaking about a bunch of pastors and leaders and team and volunteers and a bunch of people that everybody overlooked, but they made a decision that on their watch and in their life, they were gonna live with a level of expectation, believing for exceedingly abundantly above all that they can ask or think, believing that God can make a way where there is no way. He can make a road in the wilderness, in a river, in the desert. He can do what nobody's ever seen, thought, or imagined before. Would we be in it? And that changes everything for me. That changes everything in my life because I don't wanna live my life saying, God, I can't. I want to live my life, give it in my hand and say, pull me up from this place of lameness, from this place of addiction, from this place of hurt. God, I believe. I expect you to do a miracle. So let me ask you this. Just close your eyes where you are right now. If you're in here tonight, and then we're going to pray for people. I'm going to do this. We're going to pray for some people. And then we're going to finish it. If you're in here tonight and you know, before you walk out of this place, you know your relationship isn't right with Jesus. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you if you want to, okay? I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to maybe just try to convince you. I'm going to tell you that you need to. I'm going to tell you that you need, because somebody does. Somebody needs to tell you that you need Jesus. 
You need him. You need him. You need him. You need him. Today, we're going to pull you up from the hand, from the place that maybe you couldn't get up from yourself, and you're going to walk down to this altar and say, Jesus, tonight, I give my life to you. I give my everything to you. I come back to you. I know that you are the God that is exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. So with every eye closed right now on the count of three, if you're in here tonight and you know, you know that you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you walked in here thinking that I'm not worth it, that I'm not good enough, that it's too impossible, but you know right now in this house that the presence of God is here and you feel it. Why? Because from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, it's like a fire is flowing through you and you don't want to leave. Do not leave until you can come and surrender your everything to a God that so desperately loves you. So if that's you tonight on the count of three from the back to the front and you know you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time or a hundredth time, but you know you haven't been walking with him and you're going to today, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up nice and high. It doesn't matter what's happening to beside you, to your left or to your right. All that matters is what's happening within you right now. So if that's you on the count of three, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. If that's you, come on, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up. Come on. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Now, now, now. Now's the time. Now's the moment. Now's the time. That's it. Come on. Come on. We're cheering you on. The angels are cheering. God is rejoicing. Everybody is partying because the lost are found. The lost are found. All right. Next step. Bible says he was leaping, walking, leaping, praising God, doing all that stuff. So you got to do that. You don't got to jump around. I mean, you can if you want, but, but you got to walk. Pastor Ian always says this, sometimes when you stay where you are, you stay where you are. So sometimes you just got to walk forward, and that's what we want you to do. So we can cheer you on so I can personally pray for you. So if you're in here right now, and that was you that raised your hand, we have nothing but cheers for you when you come. It's not condemnation. It's not what's wrong with you. It's what's right with you. So if that's you right now, and you know that you just raise your hand up. I'm going to ask you to come from your seat. No matter where you are, push people. Shove them out of the way. And come right now down here to this altar. Come on, come, come, come. Run, run, jump, skip, whatever you got to do. Amen. Let's put our hands together for these guys. Exceptional. You never would have thought it, but you walked in here. Everything we did tonight was for you. Isn't that amazing? How good is God? He's wanted to tell you that you're worth it. Nothing is impossible for you, and everything changes tonight. 
I'm just going to say this prayer. I want you to repeat it after me. Everybody in here is going to pray. They're actually going to pray it so loud that you're probably not even going to be able to hear yourself pray it because that's how passionate they are about this prayer. So we're all going to say this prayer out loud, especially you who are up here. And I want you just right now, just to close your eyes where you are, and I want you to say this prayer and let your heart mean it. Not just the words that you say, but a belief in your heart that confesses it. So say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life tonight. I thank you for changing me, for transforming me, and for making me a new creation. I give you all that I am. And I thank you that I am worth it. And that nothing is impossible with you. And I say today that I will serve you, I will love you, and I will honor you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.